Hello, everyone, and welcome to Full Time, where we take you around the world of soccer locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally. Full Time is presented by The Game Sports Show and powered by The Game Entertainment and Media. You are listening to Season 2, Episode 1 of Full Time. I am your host, Daniel Scarpino, and with me is our co-host, Gaetano Gallo. Before we begin today's show, Full Time is sponsored by Little Caesars Pizza. With their three locations in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, you can download and access the Pizza Portal app so you can enjoy a delicious, hot and ready pizza from Little Caesars today. Ladies and gentlemen, it is truly a privilege to welcome you all back to Full Time after a near two-month hiatus. For most of the folks who are listening to today's podcast, you will have saw on our network through TGEM and the Game Sports Show that one of our many analysts and co-hosts of this show in particular, our friend Scott Nason, sadly passed away back in September. Due to this reality, we here at the Game Sports Show paused all of our regular programs in order to properly grieve the loss of Scott and to ensure uh, the appropriate relaunches of our programs on the platform took place in a way that would be suitable moving forward for our listeners. As we resume full time, we remember Scott Nason and all that he has done for this show over the past two years and for the brand over the past eight years. His character on this show and many like it has left an indelible impact on all of us and his legacy will live on during this show forever. This episode of Full Time, as it is our return episode, is dedicated to Scott Nason. We'd like to remind our listeners that moving forward, there will be weekly audio uploads of Full Time on Thursday evenings or Friday mornings. As well, we will have video uploads in the near future along with special guests on the show periodically. I'd now like to take this opportunity to introduce our co-host, my former work colleague, a friend of nearly 10 years, and my brother in soccer, Gaetano Gallo. Gee, it's an honor to be able to share this proverbial stage with you, my friend. And first and foremost, before we get into the show, I wanted to properly say welcome aboard and how are you doing today, sir? Yeah, thanks for having me, Scarps. Uh, I'm, I'm doing great. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to not just today's episode, but uh, yeah, continuing doing this. And uh, yeah, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great, brother. Thank you so much for that. And it's going to be a great time here with you on a weekly basis talking about the beautiful game. And what I'd like to do right now, G, is I just want to preface today's show because this is season two, episode one of Full Time. And we are beginning a new journey here on this show together. And because it's, it is today and it's because it is season one or season two, rather, episode one, we are keeping things rather general today for our listeners uh, because it has been about two months since the last upload of this particular podcast. Scott and I last uploaded on September 13th before his unfortunate passing. So we're just under two months from that date. And moving forward, the content will definitely become more specific to the world of soccer. But for today, it will definitely be kept general. And we wanted to let the, the listeners know of that. And I think that's certainly important. So without further ado, G, And to everyone who has taken the time to tune in here today, let's kick off. We begin today's show with Europe's Big Five, and there is no better place to start than our favorite league, Gaetano, the English Premier League. Right now, Arsenal sit top of the table with Manchester City on their heels, both of our teams, I might add. Newcastle, Tottenham, Manchester United, and Brighton round out the top six. As it stands, Southampton, Wolves, and Nottingham Forest are in the relegation zone. Gee, it's about 14 matches played so far in the Premier League. My Arsenal and your Manchester City are battling for top honours currently. What are your thoughts so far on how things have shaken up in uh, in this first third of the season? I mean, looking at the top six, there's a couple major surprises. Not just Arsenal being top right now, but uh, Newcastle sitting in third and looking, like, very good. Like, they uh, could genuinely be a top six t- uh, side 
for a long time to come the way they're going. And Brighton, even with the loss of Graham Potter, still sitting in six is super impressive. I fully agree with you there. And I think Graham Potter uh, now with Chelsea, I'm sure he will do a great job there. But uh, certainly Newcastle has been the surprise of the season. I think Eddie Howe has done a fabulous job there. Has there been any standout players so far this season, G, in, in the Premier League that have really caught your eye? I mean, the obvious one is going to be Erling Holland. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you could expect, like, I expected him to do well, obviously. But even I was blow, I'm blown away at the rate at which he is scoring, how he's scoring. It's just, it seems like anytime he's on the field, he's scoring at least one or two or getting a couple assists. Uh, there's, unless there's a major injury, there's nothing stopping him from destroying the Premier League uh, goal scoring record, probably before the World Cup. Well, and that's <laughs> the way he's going. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And, you know, to see him come off the bench last week and score the uh, the game winning penalty in, in stoppage time, I mean, that just goes to prove that this guy quite literally is capable of anything. And for me as well, gee, he's been the standout player in the league. But yeah, it's been an incredible start to the Premier League so far. What do you anticipate moving forward? Because I think that this World Cup, uh, as we're going to talk about here in a little while, I think it does pose uh, a difficulty in some ways for, for some teams, but a good thing for uh, for some teams in some ways that uh, if, if they don't have very many players, for example, going to the World Cup, they could really spend a lot of time at the training ground. But what do you see moving forward in the Premier League in terms of that top six? Yeah, so I think like the, the traditional top six, the Arsenal, City, Tottenham, United, Chelsea, and Liverpool, uh, they're going to have a lot of their players gone to the World Cup. And I think that uh, post-World Cup, probably those one or two weeks after, there's going to be a bit of a struggle there. And like you said, the teams that don't have a lot of players going, you know, getting that rest, getting players healthy over that time uh, is going to be huge for them. For sure. Well, I agree. And I was listening to a couple of Pep Guardiola interviews and he was saying that squad rotation is going to be huge. So each and every one of his players, as well as those teams, as you said, the traditional top six, everyone's going to have to be ready to play. So certainly good things to look forward to in the English Premier League after the World Cup and uh, as this last week before the World Cup uh, approaches. In Italy, Serie A, it's Napoli who are absolutely dominating after 14 matches played, the only unbeaten team in the division with 12 wins, two draws, and zero losses. Milan, Lazio, and Inter round out the top four, but significantly trail the leaders. G, Serie A, until a couple of seasons ago, really was run by Juventus primarily, and the script has sort of changed since with the likes of Inter, Milan, and now Napoli coming into the fold as competitive sides. I just wanted to get your thoughts so far on Serie A, and particularly Napoli at the top of the table. Well, what Napoli's done uh, to this point in the season is super impressive, considering the players they've lost, uh, Kalidou Koulibaly and Lorenzo Insigne being the big two. Uh, to lose players of that quality and that stature for the club and, you know, turn around and go unbeaten through 14 games is a little bit ridiculous. Uh, the recruitment's been great there, and just the style of football they're playing is beautiful to watch right now. Well, and that's, and that's what I was going to point to, was the style of play, the identity that that team has. You could perhaps, if it was seven games and they were unbeaten, you could say, okay, maybe it's just a new bounce to the season. They're getting excited and, and they're playing some decent stuff. But after 14 games, I mean, that's ultimate consistency. And I think that this is a side to be reckoned with moving forward. Do you think that this side is going to potentially challenge for City A, or do you think that they're going to fall off at some point, G? I mean, with an eight-point gap right now, it's theirs to lose, really. I know it's only 14 games, just under half a season. But uh, 
I don't see any of the, those other four or five teams, Lazio, Milan, Juve, or Inter, really having the quality to make up that eight-point gap unless Napoli fall off a cliff. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. And I guess the, the final question in regards to City is what exactly is happening with Juventus? Or an even better question would be, what has happened with Juventus? Because this has been a, a slow falling uh, a slow falling cliff, shall we say, with Juventus. But things don't look right there, do they? No, I think the recruitment for, honestly, probably the last four or five years has just been not good at all. Uh, targeting older players on free contracts, uh, like the free agents, um, and just trying to, instead of, you know, most top teams, you know, Manchester City, even Arsenal are doing it right now, where you bring in younger players with a mix of good older players to kind of keep the progression going. Juventus have just tried to stay at that level of bringing in the unhealthy Maria's uh, Paul Pogba, those types of players, that just, there's not a ceiling for them anymore. There's only down for them to go. They can't, they're not going to get any better. And it's just for four or five years of doing that. And then they've had young players like Paolo Dybala, like Matias Delic, leave the club. And it's just, uh, it's just been a train wreck, really. Yeah, and that's certainly one way to put it. And there are plenty of Juventus fans that listen to this show and uh, more that will continue to listen to this show, particularly in the Sault Ste. Marie area, who won't want to hear that. But they know as well as we do here, G, that it is, in fact, the truth. In Spain's La Liga, it's Barcelona at the top of the table with Real Madrid in second. Sort of a more traditional and familiar feel to La Liga this season with the two giants sitting at one and two. Gaetano, what do you foresee happening in La Liga and what are you making so far of the division? Uh, I think Barcelona has been surprisingly better than I thought they would be. Obviously, the addition of Robert Lewandowski is going to help any team. Sure. Um, But they really kind of struggled under Xavi. He's trying to, you know, do what Juventus should be doing and include some younger players and kind of grow the squad that way. I didn't expect them to be... uh, top of the table through 14 games though I thought they'd be there'd be a little slower progress than that but uh, it's kind of rolling in Barcelona right now yeah rolling would be the right way to describe it I think and there was those questions of philosophy and is is the philosophy of of Barcelona from what it once was it was that gone but Xavi seems to have brought it back and it hasn't been the the smoothest of roads shall we say but do you think that we'll ever get back to a point where we'll know the the Barcelona team that we see in front of our face is similar to those Barcelona teams of older or those days kind of done I think as long as Xavi stays in charge and as long as he continues to rely on La Masia to produce uh, academy players, I think give it a couple more years. I think it's a little too early to say, like, you know, next season they'll be the old Barcelona or close, but give it a couple years. La Masia is the best academy in the world. You know, I'll admit it. They'll have the best players coming out of there, and there's no reason why they can't do that. Well, and I could tell you definitively, as an Arsenal fan, we've heard so many times, trust the process, but if there is a process you can trust, certainly it is out there in Barcelona. Over in Germany, it's Bayern Munich at the top of the Bundesliga with a four-point gap after 14 matches played. Gee, this is something that we traditionally expect to see, but Bayern haven't been quite that flawless this season, we'll, we'll put it that way. What are your thoughts so far on the Bundesliga? Uh, Yeah, Bayern... Bayern are doing Bayern things. Uh, even with a little bit of a slower start, you know they're still going to be you know, competing for the title or probably winning it at the end of the year. Uh, the bigger surprise for me is Union Berlin sitting in second place. No kidding. 
No kidding. Yeah, it's, uh, there, there's been a few surprises, but that gap actually, I think it's from about two to six is, is relatively tight. But Union Berlin sitting in second right now, perhaps that is the biggest surprise of the season. Do you foresee right now, gee, that Bayern Munich, like I, I know you just, you, you more alluded to it than anything, but do you see them being the champions at the end of the season? I know there's still quite some ways to go, but do you see it? Uh, yeah, there's some, there's some ways to go, but it's, it's Bayern Munich. They just, they just win the Bundesliga. That's what they do. That's exactly There's really no right. better way to put it. No, and that is what they do. It is their tradition. It is in their DNA. And speaking of DNA, in, in France's Ligue 1, the front runners PSG have a five-point cushion atop the table. Gee, th- this is a division, at least in my opinion, that you, you take a look at PSG. It's normally the case that they're at the top of the table, and it's normally really easy to predict what's going to happen. But in your opinion, I mean, we know PSG are the class of the bunch here, but are they are they set and destined to win Ligue 1? Uh, they should be. Uh, anytime you have Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe in the team, you should be winning comfortably. But uh, they've shown us the last few seasons, even with Monaco winning back in 17-18 and Lille winning, uh, not last year, but the year before, that anything can kind of happen here. And uh, with the egos in that PSG locker room, it wouldn't surprise me if things kind of blew up in there and they you know, didn't end up winning the league. Yeah, and I mean, you alluded to that front three, but the, the bigger thing I think you alluded to there was the the likes of the egos that are in that side. And you obviously have some coaching experience, as as do I. Do you think, you know, sometimes you, you get good sides who are sort of head and head over heels or sort of, you know, they're, they're a class or, or a step above the bunch. Is it sometimes even more difficult to manage those types of players than maybe a team with lesser quality? Uh, I think it depends on the manager. I think, uh, you know, I'm going to go to City and Pat Guardiola. I think he's the type of manager, if he walks into a locker room, it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, like, you have to listen to Pat. There's no there's no room for you to not listen to him. Um, PSG, they've got uh, Christophe Galtier in right now, mm-hmm. who I don't think has the the name brand recognition. But uh, the teams that he's coached in the past have been really well drilled. He's played like really, really nice football. And I think if those players kind of buy into his system, that there really should be no issues with them. I fully agree with that. And we will see what happens in Liga moving forward. This is Daniel Scarpino and Gaetano Gallo. And you are listening to Full Time on the Game Sports Show. A reminder that Full Time is sponsored by Little Caesars Pizza. You can download and access the Pizza Portal app for any of the three locations in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Have a delicious hot and ready pizza from Little Caesars today. Gee, we now shift gears to the Champions League, the greatest club tournament in all of football. Just to refresh our listeners, I'll state the top two teams in each group, and then we'll take a brief look at the round of 16 matches, which were just drawn uh, actually a few days ago. And my goodness, there are some tasty ties in there, which I'm really excited for. And Group oh, A was now, yeah, man, it's it's some of the the matchups that we're going to talk about here shortly are, are fantastic. In Group A was Napoli and Liverpool, who both shared 15 points to come out of the group. In Group B, a less competitive group saw Porto and Club Brugge come out uh, untouched, rather. Uh, Group C, a very competitive group, saw Bayern and Inter get through, while Barcelona dropped into the Europa League. Group D, perhaps a less entertaining group, saw Tottenham and Frankfurt go through on very similar points, 11 and 10, respectively. Group E, Chelsea and Milan, being the favourites, lived up to the hype, getting through to the round of 16. Group F sees Real Madrid and RB Leipzig go through, traditionally sides who bode very well in this competition, more the former than the latter, obviously that being Real Madrid, but nonetheless, they are both going through. 
Group G sees your beloved Manchester City, G, uh, go through with Dortmund claiming second place. And finally, in Group H, it's Benfica and PSG who go through with Juventus having themselves a shock exit as they drop into the Europa League. Now, Gaetano, a lot of Champions League football in a very uh, relatively short space of time, shall we say. How impressed were you personally with the group stage, my friend? Uh, I love the group stage as always. Because uh, even though there are those you know, group of deaths, there's always big upsets. There's always you know, just fantastic football when these smaller teams play the big sides. Uh, yeah, I thought the, the group stage was super good this year. I fully agree with that. And, and what amazed me most is because oftentimes I actually just have to catch the second half of games based on uh, how my work schedule goes, or sometimes I can't catch them at all, which is okay. But the amount of goals that were scored in the group stage uh, for me was fantastic. Do you think that this is sort of the way that Champions League football or even football in general is going, that just more goals are going to be scored moving forward? I mean, I hope so. I, yeah. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back. As a defender, I hope not. As a fan, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, from an entertainment point of view, I'm totally with you on that. And with that being said, we now advance to the round of 16 in the Champions League and the ties, as we were just alluding to a little bit earlier. Gee, there are some really good ones, but they are as follows. PSG will play Bayern. Milan will play Tottenham. Club Brugge plays Benfica. Dortmund and Chelsea will face each other. Liverpool and Real Madrid, last year's Champions League final matchup, will meet in the round of 16. Frankfurt sees Napoli. RB Leipzig goes up against your Manchester City. And Inter faces Porto. Gee, there's some really good matchups in this, but where is your attention immediately drawn to? I mean, it has to be Liverpool-Real Madrid. Surely. You know, any anytime you get a, a rematch of the, the final before the final, you have to pay attention to that. And, and you know what? Liverpool's had, I would say, such an interesting season, maybe even Real Madrid. Uh, I mean, I do pay attention to La Liga and, and I and I follow it, but not quite obviously as extensively nearly as the Premier League. But Liverpool have had a very interesting season, very topsy-turvy. Real Madrid, I think one could argue, maybe haven't had the best season. I mean, we're not going to make any predictions now because the, the round of 16 matchups are so far away. But do you, what do you really see partaking in that round of 16 matchup between Liverpool and Real Madrid? You know, it's a really tough one. Uh, I was reading an interview with Tony Cruz. He was talking about last season's Champions League and how they basically played all of the top teams. And he said, I'm going to paraphrase here, but the Bernabeu hits away teams differently. Mm-hmm. And I think... That will be a huge factor, and if Liverpool, and obviously this is a, a long ways away, but if they can, if they're not fully healthy, and you're going into the Bernabeu, that's not going to be good for them. No, I agree with that, and I actually Klopp the other day hit back with a quote uh, after the draw, and he said, uh, at the end of the day, we still have Anfield. So uh, th- I think that was probably in some way, shape, or form in response to that, or, or certain critics saying certain things, but I agree with you. It's certainly the, the best matchup of the lot, and there are some good ones in there. In light of the upcoming World Cup, the Champions League round of 16 ties kick off in the new year on February 14th. Over to the Europa League, the winners of each group are Arsenal, Fernabache. Real Betis, Union St. Galois, Real Sociedad, Feyenoord, SC Freiburg, and Ferran Sivaros. Some notable teams dropping into the Champions League are Ajax, Leverkusen, Barcelona, Sporting, Dynamo Zagreb, Shakhtar Donetsk, Sevilla, and Juventus. The Europa League knockout phase will commence on February 16th. And G, it is almost time 
for the World Cup. And I will admit that this is a, a weird feeling on so many levels for the World Cup this time around. First, we, we have it during the club football season, which obviously never happens. It's a Christmas period as well uh, in terms of the World Cup to boot. Uh, Italy for a second straight tournament aren't there. Canada, however, is there. And we're just a mere 10 days away from this tournament getting underway. So now we'll have an entire preview show next week for the World Cup for those listening. And we'll be covering the World Cup in extensive detail on that show. But again, in keeping with this theme of generality for this show, Gaetano, what do you make of, of this World Cup? And, and what do you think we can expect from, from this sporting spectacle? Well, it's, it's like you said, it's really weird, you know, it being November and, you know, almost getting ready for Christmas and also getting ready for a World Cup. Like it's it's a, it's throwing me off a little bit. I agree. There, there's so many things and so many moving pieces all coming together at one time. But you read these articles and you listen to certain podcasts and you hear about what's what's happening in Qatar. And a lot of people right now certainly have reservations, which we'll, we'll get into on our next show a little bit, uh, a little bit more, G. But do you think that uh, this World Cup in Qatar is going to flow in, in an optimal way as maybe we would see in, let's say, a European country, for example? I mean, I really hope so. Obviously, I don't want it to go terribly like not just as a fan but as a person you don't want that to happen um yeah it's 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 an odd one for sure yeah i agree and and it's sort of that unknown feeling that uh, maybe gives us that little bit of of uh anxiety if you will but again it's one of the biggest if not the biggest sporting spectacle in the world probably apart from the olympics so it's certainly going to be uh it's certainly going to be fun to watch uh there's no question about that and on our next week's show we will have a rather lengthy portion of the show dedicated purely to the world cup so again for for those who tuned into this podcast uh for an extensive preview please please make sure that you are switched on to full time next week because you will get the ins and outs plus all of our analysis of what is to come over the next month uh, in regards to footy. Gaetano, the MLS season has come and gone, and I know how you feel about the MLS, and I feel very similar. I have a, a soft spot for the league. It's it's close to home, and the quality of the league has grown over the years, and both of our admirations for, for TFC will always be, in my opinion, at least in the highest order. And that being said, this season was always about LAFC, and they were by far the standout in the league, and with the talent that they had in their side, it's it's not really that hard to understand why they became the champions less than a week ago. So, you know, again, th- there's no huge surprise or we're not shocked anyway, but Gaetano, I want, I want to turn it over to you to get your perspective on what you made of the MLS this season and your thoughts on the champions LAFC. Uh, so I think the season as a whole, the MLS every year, it just gets better and better and better. And even though the quality isn't still quite as high as in the top five European leagues, it just continues to get better, and the entertainment value, I would say, is equal, if not better, than the top five uh, European leagues. And the MLS Cup final was kind of proof of that. You had LAFC winning in the 96th minute of stoppage time, I think it was. Yep, that's right. Uh, we can see the equalizer. We go to extra time. Uh, there's a red card uh, for the goalkeeper for LAFC. Uh, they get concede, and then in the 132nd minute, I think it was, Gareth Bale equalizes, and then we go to penalties. Like you, that's incredible entertainment. Even if you're in, like as a neutral, that was one of the best sporting uh, spectacles I've seen all year. Oh, I fully agree with that. And I'll tell you what, too, last year's MLS Cup final, which which went to penalties as well. I remember watching that game in full. I actually had a Christmas party with my soccer team that evening, but we had watched the game beforehand. And my God, was it ever good? And you think to yourself, oh, for an MLS Cup final, that's that's certainly 
very, very good. And then you get this year and it just blows it out of the water completely. So, I mean, the, the biggest thing you can point to, and you alluded to it, is the growth of this league. How, how big can this league get, Gaetano? I think as long as uh, the owners kind of continue to pump money into it, and it's kind of a shitty thing to say. Um, but yeah, as long as the owners continue to pump money into it, you know, you're seeing big players like Gareth Bale, like Giorgio Chiellini in Toronto, Bernardeschi and Insigne. With the league attracting those types of players and not just as like showpiece, like, oh, like, come to America to see, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic play. Like, that was kind of what it was in the beginning with Thierry Henry and David Beckham. Now it's becoming a realistic place, a realistic option for these players to come and play and make good money and win trophies and compete at a relatively high level. Um, as long as that kind of continues, I don't think it will ever catch the, the big five just in terms of, you know, history and the sport is just so much bigger in Europe. But I definitely think, you know, those like the, the Portuguese league in terms of quality and it was the Portuguese league, you know, maybe like the Dutch Eredivisie, it can match those for sure. Oh, I think so too. But the, the biggest thing is that this league, this MLS league is certainly moving and it's moving in the right direction. And I think more players, uh, the likes of Insigne, the likes of Chiellini and so many others, I think more people will be drawn to, to possibly want to go play there, particularly if the money is there. So certainly good things for the MLS moving forward. And the nice thing is it's right in our backyard. This is Daniel Scarpino and Gaetano Gallo, and you are listening to Full Time on the Game Sports Show. A reminder that Full Time is sponsored by Little Caesars Pizza. You can download and access the Pizza Portal app for any of the three locations in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. Have a delicious, hot and ready pizza from Little Caesars today. And folks, we end off today's show with a local soccer update. In Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, indoor soccer is in full swing amongst youth, men's and women's divisions. All teams have played just under 10 games. With about six weeks until the Christmas period, the indoor fields will continue to be busy. Follow Northern Heights Soccer Club on Instagram and Facebook for youth updates and Sioux Football Club and Sioux Women's Soccer Club schedules for men's and women's divisions. Gee, you've been playing. I, I got the chance to referee you last week. Have you been enjoying the season so far? Yeah, uh, the indoor season is always a fun one for me. Uh, there's less running, so that's uh, always uh, a big plus for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, it was, it, w- it was a joy to, to be able to ref you, and that was a really competitive game. And if anybody is looking to get out to games, they go on throughout the week as well as Sunday evenings at the Northern Community Centre in the West End uh, here in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. So certainly get yourselves out uh, on any evening to, to watch yourself some either youth, women's, or men's soccer. Ladies and gentlemen, that is full-time. We have come to the end of our show, and we can't thank you enough for listening. Gee, a fantastic experience on our first show here together this evening, and I just wanted to say thank you uh, for your insight on today's show, and uh, for me, it was an absolute pleasure, my friend. Yeah, no, thank you for uh, inviting me to host. I uh, I was very moved by, you know, you asking me, knowing how how big this show was for you uh, with Scott. Um, So yeah, I just appreciate the offer, uh, and I look forward to uh, continuing to do this with you. Certainly, man. I couldn't think of a better person to continue this journey with and and really, I don't want to say start anew, but continue on with what was already great. And and this show will continue to get better and better. And again, that that really comes down to our listeners who have uh, supported this show over the past two years and certainly will will continue to support this show on a weekly basis moving forward. Our next show will be recorded on Thursday, November 17th. That podcast will be a massive preview show for the World Cup. So for all analysis for the world's biggest tournament, be ready for our upload in a week's time. For weekly content, make sure to hit like, 
follow and subscribe to all platforms of both the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment and Media on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, and back soon on Podbean and other platforms. Be sure to check out our website at www.thegamesportshow.com. That's www.thegamesportshow.com. For Gaetano Gallo, my name is Daniel Scarpino, and thank you for tuning in to Full Time. We look forward to seeing you at kickoff next week, back here on the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment and Media. Best always.